This episode is brought to you by Margie Lamb, health coach and founder of Healthy and Hustlin'. Are you fed up with the dieting and the seemingly contradictory health advice out there? Do you want to feel great in your body and accomplish your goals in a way that's empowering and not overwhelming? For me, the answer was an easy yes. Five years ago, I was pushing 200 pounds. I worked out twice a day and counted my calories. I didn't really see a movement on the scale nor my body type. So I decided to check my ego and call up a health coach. Margie, as a certified integrative nutrition health coach, works with each client as a guide and mentor to build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle that will help you reach your health goals. She offers free one-hour initial consultations. To learn more, visit her website, www.healthyandhustlin.com. That's www.healthyandhustlin, spelled H-U-S-T-L-I-N.com. Imagine being in high school. Your mom is putting herself through college. Your sister through college. Your dad's fighting an illness. What are you going to do? What's that one question that changed your mind, that gave you a different outlook on life? About three weeks ago, I had the absolute privilege and honor to sit across this chair with Staff Sergeant Lumpkins of the United States Marine. Numerous deployments, combat deployments. I reached out to him on Instagram because I was really fascinated and intrigued by his post. From his personal workouts, to his recruits, to his motivation, his self-motivation, his why. Staff Sergeant Lumpkins, thank you so much for your selfless sacrifice to defend our great country, and to you as well, Sergeant Diaz, for vetting this podcast and for giving us this opportunity to do this podcast with Staff Sergeant Lumpkins. We wish you both and everyone who serves the very best. We appreciate you. You are listening to Defining Moments Podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Wong Lamb your host of Defining Moments Podcast. Thank you for listening in and showing your love and support to our show. A defining moment is a moment you define or the moment defines you. The world needs to hear about your defining moment. We learn from it. We draw inspiration from it. We cry with you. We laugh with you. We celebrate you. This podcast is your platform to capture and share your story, a story that will build bonds within your family as well as your community. When you share stories, we all gain a better appreciation for the unique people around us that we would not normally converse with. When was the last time you had a meaningful conversation with your neighbor, said hi to a total stranger, or even hugged a friend? Be interested in others. Be a good listener. Have that deep, meaningful conversation. Join the conversation. I'd like to acknowledge my beautiful wife, Margie, for her amazing work on this podcast. And to the guests that's taken their time and showed courage to come onto this podcast to share their story with you. Welcome back to Defining Moments Podcast. My name is Wong Lam, and today's special guest is Staff Sergeant Lumpkins of the United States Marines. Sergeant, welcome to this podcast. Number one, thank you so much for your service to our great nation. 
and also Sergeant Diaz. She's also in the studio today, except she doesn't want to be on camera. So Sergeant Diaz, thank you so much for vetting this podcast and your sacrifice to our great country. Appreciate you. Okay. I really like to say thank you. Um, for everybody who's watching, thank you guys always for your support. Thank you for your appreciation for, you know, all of us Marines and all of our brothers and sisters in armed forces. Um, you know, we, we couldn't do this without you guys. We do this for you guys. And um, I'm very excited to be here today. So, so once again, thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. My first question is, how are you doing today? I'm actually doing pretty well. I'm doing yeah. really awesome. Uh, today was a good day at work. You know, I'm always here. I'm always breathing. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's another day. Yeah, So absolutely. I first saw your post probably seven or eight months ago when I started following you. And I really liked the vibe that I fed off of your post. And of course, I'd never have met you until today or a couple, about a couple, three weeks ago. But your posts, they're very strong. They're authentic and they're very direct and very positive. And their post of you obviously working out. And I had to stop watching some of those posts because, dude, <laughs> it's tearing my confidence, man. I was like, I can't do that. So I had to stop watching those workout posts. <laughs> but you're leading the young men and women through workouts and very straightforward with them. And when I went to meet you two weeks ago, I came to your office and the young men and women there were always, hey, how are you doing, sir? Yes, sir. No, sir. And growing up, that's how I was. I was never in the military, but my parents were like, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. And I definitely appreciate that. You know, yeah. that's, that's great direction. The, the Marine Corps is uh, very traditional uh, about things. Uh, for us, you know, we take great pride in, you know, just that tradition, that legacy that we hold, you know, being very respectful, um, you know, carrying ourselves in a certain manner. And that's what a lot of people know us for. So even as an applicant, even as a police, you know, when they come to us, you know, we, we, pretty much set the standard for them. Mm -hmm. We let them know this is, you know, what we do and how we do it. And even before they start to begin their process, you know, just working with us, we hold them to that standard because right. believe it or not, most of these young men and women, they will be Marines someday yeah. and they're here to replace us. So they're going to carry on that legacy yeah. that, uh, you know, we're trying to pass off to them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I loved it because when I came in there, there are young men and women of all shapes, sizes, heights, and the end of the day is all about respect. It's all about grit. It's all about let's let's get it done as a team. And you had a couple of guys that you're busy visiting with me, so they knew exactly what you wanted them to go out and do. I mean, that's just fantastic stuff. It's it just shows me the discipline that it gives me hope that our future is going to be in great hands with these young men and women. And this is not something that I do. This is something that, you know, all Marines across the entire nation are doing. Mm -hmm. You know, every other, every other office that we have, you know, all throughout the United States, you know, we set those standards. You know, we've all been through basic training. You know, we're all experienced Marines. You know, we don't treat these applicants any different than we would treat our own Marines. Right. You know, and that's, that's the standard that we set for them. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's, it's something that, you know, motivates you a little bit more, you oh, know, yeah. because, you know, these young men and women, like I say, they're going to be out there doing the job. Yeah. So. Yeah. High standards, consistency. I love it. <laughs> so my wife and I, we don't have our own research team. We are our own research team. So scrolling all the way through, I think it's 2017, 2018, I came across a Instagram post, July 4th of 2018. It's a really good picture of you, by the way. You're sitting facing the American flag and the post you posted says, our system isn't perfect, but by God, I am glad to be here for that. I'm gladly to be the sheepdog that wards off the wolves waiting to prey on the weak. 
Yeah. What? What's going through your mind on that? Uh, it was a lot of emotions that day. Um, I'm a very patriotic person. I love my country just as much as any other person does. And, uh, you know, I'm experienced. I've, I've traveled the world. I've been to, you know, some of the best places, some of the worst places in the world. And just to get out there, you know, talk to different people, different cultures, different walks of life, different thoughts, you know, um, to see what we have. I'm very, very appreciative of it, mm-hmm. you know, and I want our, you know, future generations to be able to continue to have this. So if that takes, you know, the sacrifice of serving, you know, putting myself out there for somebody else, I'm, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you know, somebody has to do it. Right. Who better than me? Yeah. So. I love it. So why the Marines for you? How long have you been in the Marines so far? So uh, the Marines, this July actually makes my 12th year. Wow. So um, uh, I've been in for quite some time and I love it. Um, honestly, really, to be honest with you, the Marine Corps actually wasn't my first choice. Okay. So I'll tell you the story behind this. Yeah. So back in high school, it was early in my high school. Um, I was thinking about a lot of different things, you know, I wanted to go to college, couldn't really afford it, didn't have the money for it. You know, my mom, a single mother of uh, three children, she was already paying for herself to go through college and paying for my older sister to go through college. Uh, my dad, you know, was sick with cancer. So he was also, you know, run, running up uh, medical bills and things like that. So I had to kind of weigh my options um, around, you know, some sometime in high school, you know, I started off very well and then, you know, <laughs> did what most kids do, you know, start playing around, not focused. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I kind of lost some abilities for some scholarships and things like that. So I had to kind of find my way. Mm-hmm. So I started looking into all the different branches and coming where I'm from. I'm actually from New Jersey. So I'm from Asbury Park, New Jersey, which is on the shoreline. And um, where like the closest base next to me, you had Fort Monmouth, which mm-hmm. was an army base. And then um, you had Jackson, which was an Air Force base. And, you know, a lot of what I know is like, you know, Air Force mm-hmm. and, you know, talking to my grandfather, my grandfather being somebody who, who served, um, you know, that's one way he was trying to lead me. You know, his question was like, oh, why don't you join the Air Force, become a pilot, you know, you go fly helicopters and planes and things like that. So yeah. I kind of looked into it and uh, I thought about the idea. So one day I called the Air Force recruiter and I just never got a call back, you know, went to the office sometime. I never saw them. So I kind of gave up on the Air Force for a second and I started looking into <laughs> other branches. So I went to the Navy's office first and, you know, nothing against the Navy because I, I love my sailors. Yeah. And this is just a personal thing between me and that recruiter yeah. is, you know, he just didn't give me that that good vibe. You right. know, I didn't I didn't see myself being a sailor. And then I talked to the Army recruiter and it was a lot different. You know, I felt more like they were pushing me towards what they wanted instead of just actually listening to what I actually wanted. And then one day, um, a Marine recruiter, one of my friends and uh, the recruiter's boss Mm -hmm. were walking inside my school and I went to a charter school. So my school is not very big. My hallway is probably all about this big. Oh, wow. And um, I'm inside my locker and I went to put my book bag in the locker and I turn around and there are all three of them standing shoulder to shoulder. And have you ever seen the movie Major Pain? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, you know, Damon Wayne's when yeah. he smiles, you see nothing but the gold tooth, right? Yeah. That was my recruiter, right? So that was, that was uh, Staff Sergeant Plez at the time. Staff Sergeant Plez, he smiles and all I see is this gold tooth. And it's just like, hey, man, I heard you've been looking into the, all the armed services. How come you haven't come talk to me yet? Yeah. And I kind of sized him up for a second and I looked at his uniform and I said, Marines? He said, yes. And I was like, nope. No. <laughs> and I tried to go around him. But uh, I, I thought about it for a second and I, I told myself, you know, well, what do I have to lose? You know, I've already gone through everybody else. Mm-hmm. Why not at least listen to him? So he's like, let me just, you know, take you out for an hour. We'll have lunch. We'll sit down. We'll talk. 
I'll show you some things. And if the Marine Corps is not for you, then, you know, we can just part ways. No harm, no foul. Yeah. So I went to lunch with him. And I remember just sitting there talking. We didn't even talk anything about the Marine Corps. You know, he was just getting into my life and, you know, different types of things. And then he finally asked me the one question no other recruiter asked me. Yeah. Can, can you kind of guess what it is? How are you doing? No. Uh-huh. I mean, a lot of the recruiters asked me that. But yeah. the one question he asked me that not like no other recruiter ever uh, actually asked me was, what do you want to do with yourself? Mm. For everybody else, it was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Do this, do this, do this. Mm-hmm. He was the first person to ask me, what do I want to do? So like immediately I was like, it, it stuck. Yeah. Right. It, it, it was something that stood out to him. So we started going through the entire process. We did the whole interview process. Uh, you know, we went through some 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 practices over like uh, math and English and all that stuff just to kind of gauge where uh, I, I would actually score if I took the practice test. Um, and then we started going over different things that I wanted, like um, education, different mm-hmm. types of jobs, experience, traveling the world. So he sat down and he really listened to what I was actually saying. And mm-hmm. it wasn't just what I was saying, it was what I needed mm-hmm. for myself, what I was trying to build, this this goal that I had for myself. So that really stood out to me, that and his uniform, the yeah. way he looked in his uniform. You know, you see Marines walk walk places, they walk through crowds and the crowds just split apart yeah. and people were just like amazed at them. And yeah. knowing that, you know, there was power in just sitting down at that meeting with him. You know, I saw something in him that I wanted, right. he had what I wanted. Yeah. And that's what eventually turned like turned me into a Marine. Man, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. By the way, I kind of figured you were from New Jersey because you had New York Giants <laughs> jerseys on. And, Giants yeah. fan all the way, yeah. I bleed blue. <laughs> so that's why you decided to go to the Marines. You've been deployed how many times and a couple more combat? Uh, I have a few deployments under okay. my belt. So um, I have two combat deployments to Afghanistan. Uh, I have one Marine Expeditionary Unit, and I have a few RIM packs and uh, a load of other training deployments under under my belt. Yeah, what are maybe a couple differences from the, the combat deployments versus your other deployments? Um, for us as Marines, um, it's always going to be the same. You know, we train mm-hmm. exactly how we you know we fight. So even though we're we're off doing training deployments, we're still running the same actions we would do. It's just you know one's a scenario, now yeah. the other one is actually the real thing. So combat deployments uh, as Marines, you know, we all train for our role. Mm-hmm. I mean, every Marine is trained the exact same way, but we all have specialties. And yeah. at the end goal, the end goal is for everybody to support the infantry guys out there. Yeah. So um, me as an aviation guy, um, as a junior aviation guy, my job is to learn my job, to yeah. learn how to fix the helicopters, to work on the different systems. Yeah. So I, I did that for a few deployments, just um, just getting out there learning how to fix those systems, learning how to work on it to make sure that the helicopters are safe for our crew to fly. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it turned into me being one of those crew members. So learning how to go out there, do the different types of flight missions, flight operations and, and things like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You've been in the Marines for 12 years. So fast forward, we're in 2019. The way we communicate with young men and women now are totally different. And I think it's still verbal and I think it's still nonverbal. So there are two types. However, you got social media, you got all these interactions. And so how do you get a young man or woman to come into your recruiting office? Uh, It first starts with building that personal relationship with them. Um, Sometimes people will just walk in. Sometimes people will just message you on Facebook 
But most of the time as a recruiter, we spend a lot of our times, you know, building relationships with inside the communities, with inside the schools, just walking around talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly for us, it's, it's that relationship that we build with them, you know, right. getting to know them, getting to know the things that they want. And then ha- once again, having that ability just to be able to show them what we have and what we can offer them. Yeah. Yeah. Does it ever come to the point where you're recruiting your future and then the the parents come in, they're like, hey, uh, Staff Sergeant, I, I don't know about this. It, yeah. it happens quite a bit. And that's yeah. something okay. that's something you can't you can't get around. You know, right. that's that's always going to be there. But uh, it, it's always the, the decision of the kid. You know, mm-hmm. you have major influencers like teachers, coaches, parents. They're always going to be there. But, um, you know, eventually that that kid or the applicant is going to see for themselves. Mm-hmm. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next month. It might be a year or two from now. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it comes down to them. Yeah. So. What's your favorite question to ask a future recruit? Uh, always. Uh, the, well, my favorite question to ask them is the same question that, you know, I was looking for is what do you want to do with yourself? <laughs> I love it. That, I was wondering if you were because you had that was the question that intrigued you. So I figured mm-hmm. passed down, you know, a decade and two years later, that same question still applies. It does. Okay. It, and and that's one thing I always tell my kids, like, you know, I had an awesome recruiter. Yeah. I want you to have that kind of experience, right? right. I want you to build something for yourself because I can call myself successful. Um, everything that I've gotten, every every place that I've been, everything I've built for myself because I had this opportunity. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's your opportunity going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Taking a little dive into your uh, combat deployments. And I'm not talking about like kills or anything like that, but just how, I guess, intact as a team do you have to be from the time you take off to the time that you land and you're on the ground? Uh, For us, it's almost flawless. Like we do it so often, uh, Marines. The thing about us is we're we're always constantly training. We're always getting ready. Um, The way I always tell my kids is, you know, think of us as the ultimate doomsday preppers because we prepare for every situation right. and we always throw things in to kind of make it evolve and change, mm-hmm. kind of build that muscle memory for us. So that way, if you ever found yourself in a situation, you know exactly what to do. So we train so often. We do this so much, you know, nothing ever shakes us up. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're able to do it flawlessly at any given moment, no matter how much it changes, no matter how much it evolves. Yeah. With that being said, so you've had had a lot of training physically and then also mentally. So for yourself, what type of physical training do you go through when you're in the Marines the first, let's say, year? So your first year within, um, you know, being in the Marine Corps, we all have to go through, you know, basic. Um, mm-hmm. Basic training is the foundation for everything. You know, it's, it's bringing in some of that culture that we talked about, some of that pride, some of that history a lot of discipline and a lot of tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and once that foundation is set, depending on what different routes you go, because you can be a, a technical Marine and have a technical job, mm-hmm. maybe working on helicopters, planes, or some type of financial clerk, or you have you know the ground combat element, like the infantry guys, they go to an entire different school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really based on your role, but um, your first year, within your first year, basic is the standard for everybody. Okay. And then you have MCT or SOI, which uh, teach you a lot of different things. Like it's going to involve physical fitness, but also things like combat and tactics. And then what your job is, what you specialize in. So every school is different. Um, For the infantry guys, you know, they go through really, really grueling training. 
because you know they're able to do a lot of different things that people can't do versus yeah. where us on the technical side you know we go through a different type of training because we're focused more so on the mindset more so on how to do the job and stuff like that but as far as the physical fitness standards um across the board it is the same for every marine you know yeah. we always uphold and maintain that standard for us and then you know me just being somebody who enjoys doing physical fitness you know my my entire you know regiment for my entire first year, year was constantly working out at least somewhere between three to five times a week you know uh-huh. just trying to maintain the standard of a marine yeah uh, you still do 12 still years do. later i've 12 seen it on later. instagram so you still do this. <laughs> i still do so it's part of my, my ritual my everyday ritual now you know, I get up, I go walk the dog for, you know, about a half a mile, mm-hmm. um, just a few blocks around the house. And then I go out and I go run for myself, either somewhere between like 1.5 miles or three mm-hmm. miles. It really depends on how I feel that day or what I have to do that day. And then uh, some most other days I'm in the gym and I'm working out different things, yeah. always on my pull-ups, always on my strength, you yeah. know. try Like for me, I have a personal goal. I like to gain a little bit more weight. Mm-hmm. But along with gaining that weight, I also want to be able to still remain quick and be able to move and fast. So I have to do it like a certain way and, right. and build on it a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about mindset. It's one of my favorite words right now. So with the mindset, I want to talk about some of your morning habits. You talk about working out running the dog what other morning habits do you have and then also if you don't happen to hit a habit does it knock you off schedule oh i'm definitely a creature (laughs) of habit when i'm not in my habit when i'm not doing my my normal rituals my entire day is off yeah but i'm the kind of person that i can bounce back from it um but a lot of different things what i do so always have to have like a cup of coffee in the morning that's (laughs) that's a must that's before the shower you know, give a little bit of rub to my dog, you know, yeah. give him a lot of love. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a skincare product kind of guy, believe it or not. <laughs> I have an entire ritual when it comes to skincare <laughs> products. So I have to take care of my face. All right. And, uh, you know, just just working out. But music, music is like my biggest thing okay. because that gives me a time to like, you know, break everything, focus and kind of meditate within my, my own self, whether it's like singing a song mm-hmm. or just using that time just to like block out everything. I so like once it. I get that going, you know, that's that's how my day starts. Yeah. What kind of music do you listen to? I listen a lot. Yeah. Sorry, all you country fans out there. Country is not no. my thing. It's growing, though. It's growing. <laughs> Is growing, but country is not my thing. Um, I listen to a lot of R and B, hip hop. Yeah, you know, be being somebody who grew up in like the eighties and nineties, I'm, I'm I like nineties hip hop. So that's you. my thing. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. You talk about skincare product, and this is part of the podcast. I'm going to ask pedicures. You you get pedicures? Absolutely. Yeah, man. I'm I went with my wife last week, and I get them all the time. Actually, I love them. Skincare products. I like the uh, body buttercream. I put on my <laughs> you know my legs and my face. Yeah. So I'm with you. So, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of different stuff. Like, I was telling some of my applicants, like, Stashford Lumpkins, you're 30 years old. You look like you're, like, 25. Yeah. How is that? It's like, it's because I take care of my skin. I wash. I moisturize. Things like rosehip oil, you know, or, or rose water spray, stuff like that. Some of these guys are like, wait, what? What is what is this stuff? But, you know, I, I literally, I, I have an entire ritual of, uh, you know, taking care of my skin. Right, so. right. What are maybe a couple questions you wish people would actually ask you but they never do ask you um i don't know i feel like you know i get i get asked a lot of a lot of different questions and you know when a lot of people come in they do their research so you know they they come in with uh very very many questions so i don't think there is uh you know a certain specific type of question that uh, i haven't been asked or you know that people don't ask enough Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I'm just wondering because I like 
prepping for this podcast, you know, I, I did my own research and Margie helped me with that too. And so I just wonder if there's something that you wish people like, Hey man, I wish they would ask me that, but no one ever asked me that. I, I've that been asked every question <laughs> under the sun. So, um, there, there's nothing I haven't heard before. Okay. What, what sets you off? What really just ticks you off? Does anything tick you off? Um, there's a lot of things. <laughs> so just like you, I'm a, I'm a person of, um, you know, manners. Mm-hmm. That's how I was raised too. Yeah. Um, you know, just respect, right? Yeah. When when you're not a respectful person, uh, that's one thing that kind of gets under my skin. But other than that, um, I'm as cold as ice. You yeah. know, it's it's hard to set me off. Yeah. No, that that that's fair, and I, I feel I can feel you on that too. I'm vibing off of this because I'm very respectful too, and then you can't control what others do, and their their meaning of respect could be different from yours. However. Man, if you're out there punching someone in the face for no reason, that's disrespectful. We're just sitting there yelling at someone for no odd reason, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, my next question is, if we didn't have social media, who would be like two or three people you would want to actually meet in person or pick up the phone and say, hey, man, or hey, honey, whatever. Who are those three people? Dwayne, The Rock Johnson. Oh, my man. Uh, I've been following <laughs> this guy since like I was a kid. And, you know, I'll just... I love him as a role model. You know, he, he's an awesome guy, outstanding yeah. guy, physical fitness, great family guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just j- just the standard that he sets for everybody out there. Um, I, I really enjoy seeing him and watching him. So if I could meet him in person, I would love to meet him in person. Um, this is the first time somebody's ever asked me this question, but that, that one came to mind. But uh, another two, who would it be? Hmm. Can we go back in time or is yeah, it like, yeah. like future day? Any, anytime. All right. I would love to meet Martin Luther King uh, just yeah. to be able to pick his mind over a few different things, a few different topics, things like that. Um, I believe he was awesome. And then what would be another one? I don't know. To, to be honest, I don't, I, don't, I don't really have a third. You yeah. Know? Oh, that's so. cool. Those two people, amazing. I'm with you. What's a... A couple of the most hardest things you've ever gone through in your life and how did you overcome? Um, some of the hardest things I've ever gone through in my entire life is one, just achieving the title of uh, becoming a Marine, you know, mm-hmm. at the entry level, like when you start this process, especially back when I joined back in, you know, 2007, 2010, there was a lot going on in the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to turn on the TV and see the things that the Marines were doing, you know, I'd be a liar if I said I wasn't afraid. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you sure. know. I have a lot, a lot of great people surrounding me and, you know, it, it helped me take that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Right. And here I stand today. So that, that helped me over, overcome that. Um, another thing that I say uh, was, was, was very hard is right now just being a recruiter. Um, like I was telling you a little bit earlier, uh, public speaking really isn't my thing. Yeah. Um, so I get very nervous, especially around crowds, especially around just talking to uh, groups of people and things like that. Yeah. So that that was something that was hard for me to go to an actual formal school and learn these different skills uh, skills between public speaking and sales amongst your own peers because mm-hmm. you know doing it with a, a group of your friends is like the worst feeling ever. Yeah. Um. But being able to do that, overcome that, and to be where I am right now uh, as a successful Marine on recruiting duty, um, and that that was a challenge. And yeah. You know, I'm I'm actually doing pretty well right now. Yeah. So that that was very interesting, very hard for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. We we talked touched a little bit about mindset and going back to that a little bit. We 
we ta also talk about being uh, deployed on a combat mission. And so when with that going on, what a there's a chance you may not come back, right? And so that becomes very real to you. How do you deal with that mentally? Because it physically you, you're in tip top shape. Mm -hmm. Mentally, you've got to be even tougher. I feel like. I think it, it comes down to the individual person. Mm -hmm. um, everybody has different ways of dealing with things. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's you know getting getting my 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 uh, affairs in order. Mm -hmm. You know, make sure I'm spending my time with my family, hanging out, doing the things that you know I wouldn't miss doing. Right. Um, and just it's just something we all kind of shove in the back of our mind as as Marines or as just people inside the armed forces. That's something that we're prepared for because. I mean, we're, we're taught that from the beginning. Yeah. There is always the chance that that can happen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if, if it's constantly at the front of your mind, you know, it, it causes a lot more problems. So it's something you kind of have to like stuff back and, and die down and push and just kind of really accept the reality uh, of that fact. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, but as far as like uh, finding ways of dealing with it, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest way that we all deal with it is we have already accepted that that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're only 30. So you're really young. If you had to go back and tell your younger self something, what would that something be? Absolutely nothing. Because for me, I feel like I've reached a level of success that, you know, I feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And I still have a long way to go. You know, mm -hmm. there's still a lot of different things that I can do. And I still have a lot of different opportunities. Um, I'm a firm believer in the experiences that you have in life make you exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm who I should be. Man, so. ice cold, dude. I like it. When was the last time you challenged yourself with doing something you've never done before? Oh, I challenge myself every day, like here, being at this yeah. this podcast. This is challenging. <laughs> um, but I make it a point to, to challenge myself every day. And it's just like I tell everybody when when, when I talk to them and stuff. Um, one thing we Marines, we always go by is know, know yourself and seek self-improvement. Mm -hmm. And you have to try and be a better person than you were the day before. Yeah. So that's what I always strive to try, strive to do something different, whether it's go out and, you know, run an extra few seconds or an extra few minutes, do a few extra push-ups, um, figuring out how to get better inside my job, you know, challenge myself to go out and talk to people. So it, it's, it's an ongoing thing. It never changes. Yeah. How does Staff Sergeant Lumpkins contribute to society? Uh, Staff Sergeant contributes to society. I, I feel my way. And uh, this comes back to a lot of it is going to revolve to being a Marine because, you know, this this is my life. But being here as a recruiter is my chance to give back, to, you know, give somebody an opportunity or uh, to, to introduce them something that can change their lives the way my life has changed. You know, uh, I always face the fact that, you know, had I not met that Marine Corps recruiter, I have no idea where, where I'd be. You know, I'm yeah. not saying I came up from... Uh, the worst place in America, but where I come, where I come from wasn't uh, always a good place. Yeah. And, you know, I used to wake up and, you know, watch everybody. And a lot of people I knew, they, were, they weren't really doing anything with their lives. They weren't going anywhere. Um, so this gave me an opportunity to be able to do something with myself, to give myself a real future. Yeah. And I, I actually made a promise to one of my mentors. He told me that whenever I found myself in a place that I call successful, to find a way to give back. Yeah. And even though uh, recruiting isn't the job that I chose, it yeah. kind of chose me. Yeah. Um, this is my way of giving back. Yeah. How did you get into this recruiting position? Uh, so for, for most Marines, uh, you have an opportunity to, to volunteer at some point in time in your career. 
Um, but me, I was one of those Marines that were selected yeah. uh, to come out. So, you know, it, it happens and it's just part of the job. Sometimes you, you have to go where they tell you. Yeah. And with being a recruiter, how long is this period to be a recruiter? It's a three year long period. Okay. Um, and at the end of your three years, you can decide if it's something that you like to do for a career mm-hmm. or you can actually go back to the job that you were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the next step after the recruiter? So for me, um, I really enjoy working on helicopters. Yeah. Um, I got an opportunity that a lot of other Marines won't be able to do. I actually helped, uh, you know, build um, the CH-53 King Stallion helicopter along with the uh, team over at Sikorsky as an active duty Marine in their factory. And wow. that's something I'd love to get back to. Yeah. You know, um, that's something I hold very dear because this is, you know, something that's going to last the Marine Corps for the, the next 50 years or, or maybe even more. We don't we don't know. Yeah, you know, absolutely. when my children or my grandchildren, if they become Marines, we're not flying around. You know, that's something I, I, I had a hand in. So this is something that I'm, I'm really, really involved in. Yeah, it's something I would love to get back to. Right. Right. That's awesome. When you think about moments that you've gone through in your life, what are maybe a couple moments that. What I call defining moments that you define in or has helped you through life or maybe it was a, a few setbacks that now you overcome them. Um, a few defining moments. All right. So it was, it was back in high school was one defining moment. I had what I call my aha moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember sitting around and, uh, I forget, I forget what class it was, but I finished my work early. Uh, I normally finish my work early. And I remember looking around and I looked at every other student inside the class, all my friends, all the people that I knew. I remember taking a look at the teacher and just saying to myself, like, do you want to be here? Is college something that you actually really want to do? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the moment that sparked my interest into looking into the military, other than just the whole college thing, because, you know, I didn't have a way to pay for college, but it was more so, you know, if I didn't want to go to college, what else would I want to do with myself? What could I do with myself? Yeah. So that, that was a defining moment for me. Um, another defining moment was, uh, you know, just hanging out with my dad. You know, I remember going and driving out every Sunday, every Sunday that I could with my dad, just, you know, riding in his car and, you know, just listening to music. So those are like some very, very defining moments with me because yeah. that was a lot of time I got to spend with my father, who's like, you know, my, you know, my mentor. He's like my best friend. He's like the person I always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, spending spending moments with him kind of helped shape me and then the person I am. And then um, here as a recruiter, I have one one defining moment that kind of solidified, you know, and reminded me why we do this job. Um, I had a young gentleman who uh, didn't have a lot going on for himself. He was staying with uh, a, a girlfriend and they were living at her aunt's house. Uh, the aunt had Alzheimer's and his girlfriend just left him for somebody else, just up and left him. Um, the house was in a good environment, but it was the only place he had to go. He grew up inside the child protective service uh, system. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other family he really had in the area, he wasn't really on good terms with. He didn't have a job, didn't have a dollar to his name. Um, somehow he reached out and I drove super far to, you know, just go meet with this kid and just mm-hmm. talk to him. So we sat down and, you know, we're at this truck stop and, you know, um, the waitress just brings us over coffee. I didn't even ask for coffee. The waitress just brings us coffee. And, you know, I asked the guy, I was like, uh, are you hungry? 
And he said, yeah. He was like, actually, I haven't eaten in about two days. So in my head, I'm like, oh, man, like, let's get this kid some food. So I ordered him some food. And I remember at the end of the interview, he's like, I need this. He's like, I want to be a Marine. And I was like, okay, we're doing this. Right. I bought him a pair of like, or I actually gave him a pair of my shoes, my yeah. sneakers, because he didn't have shoes. Right. The only pair of shoes that he had was his grandfather's boots from Vietnam. Wow. That's the only thing that he like he, he really owned. He didn't have anything to work out in. So I gave him some of my shoes. You know, I would pick them up every once in a while, bring them to, uh, you know, the office where mm-hmm. we exercise and stuff, spend some time with him. Um, and he actually, he got disqualified a, a, a few times, um, just because of his hearing, he failed the hearing test, oh, okay. but we went the extra mile to, you know, get him back in. And luckily, um, the personnel up at MEPS, they, they, they kind of worked with us and, you know, that guy actually ended up becoming a Marine. Wow. Right. He went back for a follow on hearing test. He passed the hearing test. Yeah. He's a Marine today. That's and, you know, awesome. he reached back out to me one day and he was like, Staff Lumpkins, he's like, I want to thank you for everything that you've done for me. He's like, without you, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. He's like, now I have a future. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not looking backwards. So that was, that was a very, very huge moment for me. And, you know, as a recruiter, sometimes we, we have the ups and downs, you know, there's moments where we're like, man, you know, this job is super tough. It's super stressful. I could be doing something else, Mm -hmm. but then you have moments like that, that, that you actually share, Mm -hmm. you know, with these young men and women that you get to be there in the most pivotal point in their lives that, they, they need you. Yeah, so. for sure. I mean, sometimes it's just having someone to listen, you know, and just be a, a good listener to someone's story and then understanding what their story is and helping that person through. And so you went above and beyond, you know, shoes and find this young man lunches, but more importantly, being that person, just being there for him. I think super important. Well done. Well done. Going back to your first defining moment, you mentioned about not going, didn't want to go to college or thought about, well, college isn't for me. A lot of parents these days almost force their kids, like college is the only way to be successful. Mm -hmm. And I coached soccer for a very long time and I always was under the impression, well, if you don't want to go to college, you can go to technical school, you can join the armed forces, the services, I actually had a young man named uh, uh, Brian Mesa, and he actually, he's a Marine. And so when I'm sitting here across the table from you, it reminds me of conversations I've had with him. Mm-hmm. And so now he's actually at OU finishing up his school. But That's awesome. Yeah, I served uh, four years in the Marines, and just phenomenal, phenomenal story for him. So. I appreciate you for what you do for the young men and women. It's amazing. No, thank, thank you for your appreciation. And, you know, um, just going back to a little bit about what you said, you know, uh, I was just one thing is, you know, um, the parents just allow the kids to make the choices for themselves. Yeah. Uh, I think that's not a lot that's going on, uh, you know, nowadays. And maybe it's because of, you know, their fears that they're projecting on their kids and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, the way I was raised, the way my father always told me, because I, I would always go to my father for everything. Yeah. And, you know, he'd look at me. He's like, do you really want the answer? I was like, yeah. He's like, tell me. <laughs> he's like, I can tell you all day, but I want you to figure it out for yourself because one day I'll, I won't be here. Yeah. I can't make those decisions for you. I can't tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm. I can guide you now. But when I'm going, it's ultimately on you to make those decisions. So you need yeah. to start making them now. Yeah. You know, and I, I wish that, you know, a lot of these parents would just give those kids that freedom. 
Love that it. allows them to mature themselves, allows them to be able to make those decisions. You know, if you always guard somebody and they never fall or they never have an accident or, you know, they never make a mistake in their entire lives, they're in for a world of hurt. Because yeah. when they're out as an adult on their own, mm-hmm. you know, the, the world is not is not a very nice place. You know, it's it's for the strong. And, yeah. you know, if you don't make those mistakes, if you don't learn how to make those decisions for yourself and if you don't learn how to be resilient, you know, it's very hard for them to bounce back. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's just one thing I, I, I wish I experienced a little bit more. But there are some absolute awesome parents that are out there that, you know, d- do give those kids that, uh, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, um, it should always be their decision. Yeah. Yeah. Resiliency. That's that's a, that's another favorite word of mine is just be just be resilient in things that you do, decisions that you make and know that if you're going to fail, I think you posted this fell forward. Right. Recently. Fall forward. Fall forward. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's that's good stuff. And it talks about, you know, falling forward is is just using that lesson of, you know, that failure. Yeah. Um, taking what you have and using it as a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ever go backwards. Don't backpedal. Yeah. Right. You everybody wants to go forward. Everybody wants to progress. You have to progress in life. If you don't progress in life, you'll just stay stagnant. Yeah. You'll stay where you are and you know, it won't turn out the way that you want. Yeah. You talk highly of your dad. So if you don't mind asking just a couple quick questions about you and your dad driving through the country roads and just in the car listening to music. Are there certain songs that trigger those type of moments that you think, oh man, I remember this moment with my dad? Uh, sitting on the dock of the bay is <laughs> one. My my dad is a old school kind of guy. You Otis know, Redding. He, yeah, gotcha. Otis Redding. Sitting on the dock of the bay, he listened like a lot of Barry White. Yeah. Um, he listened to a lot of Luther Vandross. Yeah. So yeah. you know that was my dad. I remember I remember his car very distinctly. He had one of those uh, Lincoln Town cars. You know, the ones that are shaped <laughs> like boxes and yeah. stuff. Um, it was just, it was the color, like, like it was brown. It was like, almost like poop is what it looked like. But I remember sitting in this thing and I'm just like swimming in this large seat, just strapped in a seatbelt. And my dad just like looking over at you, smiling, just laughing, <laughs> singing a song and stuff. And yeah. That's awesome, man. And then going back to your third defining moment, we talked about helping this young man out. Do you think he actually taught you something when you're going through these moments with him? He did. He absolutely did. You know, um, he taught me to, you know, be a little bit more patient. You know, not everything is always going to work out uh, the way that you want. Um, you know, but if you're patient enough and if, if you know, um, the word is like escaping me right now. If you're patient enough and, you know, if you continue to put, you know, more effort into it, you know, it'll work out in your favor. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and to always pay attention because, you know, somebody might need you. Yeah. You just might not know. Right. So that, that was one lesson I can, I can definitely get from that one. Yeah. Looking back at your life so far, do you regret any decisions you made? Not one. I didn't think so. (laughs) I wanted to ask that. I kind of had thought of your answer, but kind of thought this wouldn't be it. What are you most proud of? Um, I'm proud of a lot of different things. You know, I'm I'm proud to to be here. I'm proud of the things that I've been through. I'm proud of like all my experiences, um, the things that I've achieved, like being able to build that helicopter. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm proud of each and every one of my kids, you know, over over at the office and things like that. You know, I'm just a very proud person. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of being proud and those kids, you had another video of them running at Lightning Creek. So for our listeners, describe these hills at Lightning Creek. 
uh, well, they're, they're, they're pretty steep hills, not very far, not very long, but it's, it's enough to give you a good workout, push you uh, mm -hmm. a little bit. So um, they will definitely break you off a little bit, though. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was playing soccer and we did come, I, play, I played competitive and our coach took us out to Lion Creek and it definitely broke us up quite a bit, actually, mm -hmm. running up those hills and down this hill and bear crawls, all that stuff. So that video reminded me of a lot of my <laughs> I, yeah, I remember, I remember you asked, <laughs> like, is that Lightning Creek? I'm yeah. like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So what is the next level for you as far as, let's say, we'll take this in two questions. As a Marine, where are you going forward? And then just as Charles Lumpkins, where are you going forward? Uh, forward for me as a Marine is, you know, my ultimate goal as a Marine is to reach retirement. I'm going to do at least my 20 years. And that's, you know, a very, very long set goal that I set for myself, but I'm here and I'm working for it and I'm not going to stop. You know, the only reason why, the only reason why I wouldn't make it is if the Marine Corps decided one day that, you know, Seth Ron Lumpkins, you know, we can't keep you anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, that's one goal right there. And then just as Charles himself, you know, I have a lot of different things I want to do. All right. As a mature, you know, male now, <laughs> I'm actually ready to go to college. I'm, I'm ready to get my degree in something. Wow. And then, you know, I've been talking for a very, very long time about, you know, possibly opening a restaurant. So over the last few years, I've been thinking about different ideas and concepts and, you know, different types of menus and doing my research about like the finances and place to open up mm -hmm. and, and like the trends and pretty much the entire like science behind like the yeah. business side of uh, opening a restaurant. So that's something I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, if I get the opportunity to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of food, I know that you like Korean food, but what would be your choice of food to open up as a restaurant? Um, so for me, I would like to do, um, kind of like American style tapas. So just like a social style food, but like American gourmet style, uh -huh. you know, um, and like the kind of restaurant I'm thinking, uh, I don't really have a theme for it yet, but I can just see what it looks like in the inside. Yeah. I'm a big fan of restaurants that are like brick and brass. Yeah. So. Okay. Very good. Very good. How does Staff Sergeant Lumpkins wants to be remembered? Staff Sergeant Lumpkins just wants to be remembered as, you know, somebody who, you know, gave it everything he had. You know, I'm not one to bend a knee. I'm not one to fall. I'm not one to stop. I'm not one to quit. You know, somebody who was here to help people when they needed it. Mm -hmm. And uh, other than that, you know, whether I'm here or I'm going, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Last couple of questions for you. What's that? What would be a piece of advice you would give just anyone? It doesn't have to be a future recruit, just anyone. Um, the one bit of advice I, I would give um, everybody that's out there is no matter what your situation is in life, no matter what you go through in life, right? Your failures don't determine who you are. It's how you get up. It's what you do with that mm -hmm. that decides who you are and where you go. So don't ever stop. Love it. How do we get in touch with you, our listeners? How do they get in touch with you? All right. So if you guys are inside the Oklahoma City area, you can always give me a call. Uh, you can reach me on my cell phone at 405-761-2260. Or if you're in a local area also, you can always go to marines.com, um, type in your information, and then myself or either one of my recruiters will actually reach out to any of you guys that are out there. Okay. You're on social media. So how do they get in touch with you on social media? So I have an Instagram. You can reach me at uh, ssgt.lumpkins. That's L-U-M-P-K-I-N-S. And then you can look me up as 
uh, Charles Lumpkins on, on Facebook. Yeah, no Twitter yet? No Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry, Twitter is not my thing. Oh man, that's where I'm at a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm on Instagram too. Okay. Yeah, but thank you so much for your time. And more importantly, thank you for your service and selflessness to our great country. And do you approve this podcast? I do approve this podcast. Thank you guys for having me. My name is Wong Lin and I approve this podcast. Thank you so much. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www.definingmomentspod.com. Follow me on Twitter at DefMomentsPod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. Search me on Facebook, Defining Moments Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. That's all one word, at Defining Moments Podcast. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast.